0: Okay, so today's episode might sound like it's a bit of a bummer. And well, the topic is very much of.
1: Do people know that I don't know the topic until this?
0: Yeah, I feel like you try to make it clear every episode. (laughs) I, I that think, was a little loud. Sorry, yeah, that, wow. that was a little loud. Well, a little aggressive there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that made me laugh. So, so I, I have a, I have a ca- caveat before I get to what our episode okay. is. And,
1: caveat or caveat? Oh,
0: good question. Yeah. I go back and forth in my mind. Caveat. Ca- ca- yeah, I don't know.
1: Caveat sounds a little more exotic. Exotic? Yeah, yeah. I agree.
0: Um, what's exotic
1: is your chest oh, hair today. come on. <laughs> you just...
0: You really reacted there.
1: Well, I, it, it scared me. What's I thought skill? you were going to pull my chest here. People Whoa. don't know, but that is what you like to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> our, our episode today is definitely a heavy topic, would be a oh, great okay. way to say okay. it. But I have to say this, you and I cope with heavy things through humor. It is and definitely, sarcasm. and sarcasm. Yeah. It's definitely a skill that we had developed. So there's some good news and bad news about that. Okay. Because this episode is very heavy, I'm sure it will still be filled with humor. That's the good news. The bad news is we might highly offend people with our humor oh, man. around the topic. So okay. <laughs> just just bracing. Um, our topic today is dealing with cancer that we have faced with our fathers and my dad with some significant oh, health issues. Oh my goodness,
1: I did not see that going. Through. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, yeah. yeah.
0: It's a, it's a, it's a heavy topic.
1: It is. But our, okay. I think
0: our goal in talking about this, obviously, I didn't even look
1: at your, at your notes. True story. I believe you. Yep.
0: Cause they're upside down for you. Exactly. Um, but I think we're talking about this first of all, cause it's a, I mean, interesting, just very personal, heartfelt stories for us to tell about our dads. But second of all, I know when you and I have gone through counseling with, you know, with Les and Leslie, amazing marriage coaches, one of the biggest helps of it was when we would tell them everything that we're facing and feeling and going through. And they just look at us and say, yeah, it's a very normal response.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And how great it was to feel normal about the things that we were facing. And I know there's very unique, dynamics to the journeys that our dads have been through in their health. And both of their journeys are literal opposite ends of the spectrum in their result. Um, But what I hope is that listeners and people who are listening can feel hope, can feel normalized in all the emotions and all the ranges of things that they're feeling. Um, The majority of most of us are going to walk through the death of our parents in our lifetime. And even if somebody's not facing that right now, that they can think, Begin to think about it and prepare for it and just kind of hear some stories around it. So maybe it's not quite so shocking when that does happen. So we're going to start the episode telling the stories of the journeys that our dads have been on and went through. Okay. Do you want to start with yours or mine?
1: Um, Maybe you start since I'm just new to what we're doing here. (laughs) I I really thought I knew what you were going to say.
0: What did you think I was going to say when Um, I said a heavy conversation?
1: Probably uh, social justice. Oh. Um, which I'm sure we will, um, but yep. uh, this is an important topic and one that, unfortunately, uh, the more we watch the news and life and our phones, you you see so many people facing uh, different forms of cancer.
0: And I think it's an and important- sickness and disease. And sickness and disease. Mm-hmm. And even in the context of relationships, how yep. many relationships are derailed by- fighting um your parents fighting illness or facing mm. illness. And mm. it's I mean it was it was a journey for yeah. us for sure. Yeah. Um so yeah, I do I do believe it's an important dog. Are you are you okay with it? Yeah, totally. Okay. Totally. You want me to start with my dad?
1: Oh I mean if you if you prefer me to start I can. I no, certainly can. I'll, I'll start with my Okay. Great.
0: Um yeah just, just to give context so people know where we're coming from. Um in twenty nineteen <clears throat> my dad was diagnosed with stage four aggressive prostate cancer. Mm. And if you know anything, about had been about unchecked
1: that, or un, uncaught.
0: It had been uncaught, which is that's one of the cancers that's like it should be no problem mm-hmm. if it gets caught early, which was really interesting. He had some doctors completely overlooked test results for the past few years. Wow. Which is who, in and of itself, a really tough thing to deal with to feel like these medical professionals that we put our faith in overlooked. Yeah test that my dad did go in and get and as a result he was given a death sentence so to speak he was given um four to five years at that point to live and that was a very um i think generous remember oh yeah Um, yeah because i think at first it was maybe three years um he went in and did the pet scan and it was the cancer had spread all all throughout his body. So nothing that could, excuse me, go in and be surgically removed, or it was just kind of like, okay, we'll give you some things to help mitigate the growth of this, but it's already gone too far. We can't do any surgery, even chemo, like there wasn't, he was beyond the stages of cancer treatment. And you were amazing in that season. For real? Yeah, remember that summer? It was 2019, so it was pre-COVID. And we just spent a lot of intentional time with my family. Remember, we went to, um, did a hotel for my birthday.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, sat true. around
0: and played cards with my parents. It was just,
1: did a lot of that. Did a know? lot
0: of that. Yeah, just a really sweet time, I think. <sighs> Isn't it crazy that we know our parents are hopefully going to pass before we do? Be- yeah. But we yeah. don't take intentional time. Yeah. To be with them. Think of that. So... That was my dad. He started on some cancer treatment, and his numbers were doing looking pretty good. Yep. And for about a year, and then we get to 2020, and of course the world is in COVID, and um, so much, so many things are crazy. My parents were actually staying here at at this house. Yep. My dad was on the phone with his cancer doctor, and the story I'm about to tell is so full of so many miracles. You're probably not going to. As I was thinking about it, I'm like, I yeah. actually can't believe all these things. And time doesn't happen. really
1: permit to fill in all the blanks, yeah. to yeah, be honest, right. all the, the nitty gritty.
0: So, my dad's on my mom and dad are on the phone with his doctor. Yeah. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, my dad says, My head hurts, my head hurts, my head hurts. And the doctor said, Go lay down, and see what happens. My dad laid down. His speech started getting slurred. And so, they just like, Okay, my, they said, Told my mom, hang up, call an ambulance right now. Ambulance came could not get any faster that he was at a hospital, just happened to be at a brain trauma hospital that's close to us. If they would have been at their house, which is a couple hours away, my dad would not have survived. So miracle number one, he was here. Miracle number two, he was on the phone with a doctor. Miracle number three, the hospital they took him to. I mean, just whatever. But even with all of those, he had a brain aneurysm that had ruptured and they gave him uh, only a 3% chance of making it through the next 24 hours. Yeah. So my sister and I, flew down we were we were up in Washington together we flew down came to just touch base with my mom and at this point remember the heart of covid the summer of covid nobody was getting into the hospital people oh, were passing away on their own people were having babies on their own which is ugh, just a tragic thing in life yeah hard to believe in so many ways and they called us and said okay they threw me and me and my mom my sister it's like you each have 15 minutes to go visit your dad or your husband. And we we now look back and realize, oh, they were giving us those moments to go say, say goodbye, goodbye to him. And he was not conscious at all. So that was one of the hardest things I've had to do in life.
1: Yeah.
0: Going to go say goodbye to my dad. And, yeah. you know, he's not responsive, not talking back. But I just remember kissing his cheek and telling him, dad, you've been such a good dad. Thank you. You know, all the things that you'd want to say. So we did that. I can't. My sister went, then I went, then my mom went. We each picked each other up and were waiting and then just bawled together and yeah. cried. And then I called you and cried. And you were amazing. You took care of the kids for so much time so I could come and spend time with my dad. Anyway, my dad lived that night, lived the next night, ended up, and again, can't go into all the details, ended up in the hospital for eight weeks, but eventually made a full and complete recovery from his brain aneurysm. <laughs> he doesn't remember those eight weeks. He was really out of it. Mm. And we didn't know, does he going to have permanent brain damage? How, I mean, he was, when I say out of it, and, and, he was really out of it. And the that, feeling
1: was that almost surely there would be, uh, it would be unprecedented for him to return to his former uh, self.
0: Right, remember it's the middle of summer. Remember when he finally like got up to calling the kids and he called our family. We're like, hey kids, talk to Papa, you know, which, yeah. which is what they call him. He goes, hey kids, Merry Christmas. Merry
1: Christmas, love you all. We're like, oh, it's July. that was was like the the
0: tamer ways that he was out of his mind um but he made a full recovery and i'll I'll tell the story later about what he remembers from those times when he was so out of it which is really pretty miraculous but so he made a recovery from a brain aneurysm which is miraculous is less than a one percent chance that he would have fully recovered without brain damage and then but because of the brain aneurysm he could not be on any more cancer treatment they think that could have even triggered it so here he is with this aggressive form of cancer and we're thinking okay well maybe we got another year with him maybe you know who knows but he still has this cancer diagnosis hanging over him obviously that was three years ago uh two weeks ago my dad went in for his full pet scans his full treatment two weeks ago
1: yeah
0: and they said, well, cancer hasn't spread. Your numbers are looking good, holding steady. And this is my dad on no treatment, who is not even supposed to be alive anymore. And my dad asked the doctor, he said, so, and I don't, I don't know if our doctor, if his doctor follows Jesus at all or not. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, so what about those doctors who told me I only had four years left to live and that was even on treatment? He goes, what's up with them? Were they just out to lunch? And the doctor looked at my dad and goes, well, must be the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only explanation. <laughs> He had regarding my dad. So uh, we just joke with my dad. We call him the miracle man or like the, the yeah. man with nine lives or the most, like he has
1: oh something happens goodness.
0: and we're just not worried about him because.
1: And he has been through a lot mm. in his life, skin cancer. Oh, that's yeah. Um, we have not mention that. Yeah.
0: Right. Stage three skin cancer when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: just, yeah. Uh, you know, dad, if you're watching this, does he watch our podcast? I don't know if he does. He'll watch this episode. Yeah. Love you. Love you, dad.
0: Yeah. So that was, and he's
1: back to looking like Robert Redford. He's so handsome. His hair, full head of hair that he had to have shaved thing. off and yeah. grew back. I mean, he has to be that good-looking to marry your mom. Who's well, so beautiful.
0: They play tennis so, together yeah, three times back a week. They're playing
1: tennis. Your mom's beating him. That should be that should be no to dad. You're you welcome, are, mom. You are for, losing to mom for the shout-out. But, shout out, but. Uh, he's gonna hate that part. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's just so <laughs> miraculous the journey that he's been on truly. in the recovery. Um, your dad's story. Yeah, my dad's different.
1: story and uh you know, obviously we're we're uh, pre- pre- presuming everyone has a story out there. This is our stories yeah. and and I'm hoping in a way that by sharing these stories, my story with my dad's a little bit older. It's been uh he has been gone now for almost 12 years, I believe. 13 13 years. So, uh it's a little bit different, but, but hoping that that anyone who takes time to to listen to this episode is is finding some solace and comfort and encouragement um, uh, my dad's life was extended by by multiple years uh, it was on the I don't remember I'm not great with timelines you know that but I know I was being the best man in, in one of my childhood friends uh, wedding uh, I was in Portland Oregon we were in the middle of a of the old photo shoot, um, the
0: old wedding photo shoot, the old just wedding keeps photo going shoot, going and going yeah, and going. We're
1: all in tuxedos and dresses and things, and 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 my mom, I think, had called me multiple times, so I just stepped away for a second and said, "Hey, what's up?" And she said, "Hey, your your dad and I have something to tell you." And I think they had either just called my sister, uh, or had gotten a hold of her, probably got a hold of me, and said, "You know, listen, here here's what's happened. Uh, my dad had gone in for a pretty a routine check." Uh, keyman insurance which is something that 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 they have on me and our community of faith being the lead pastor um, my dad was required these are probably granular details that are unnecessary but okay. he went in for a pretty basic checkup health and made, insurance checkup yeah, yeah health insurance for the for the for the church actually and uh, found out um, whoa I, this something's not right here and come to find out they found out real quickly it was multiple myeloma. Which at the time, of course, some 12, 13 years later, multiple myeloma can be much more more treatable from what I understand. need to be careful in saying that and sensitive in saying that.
0: And his his diagnosis was 19 years ago. Zion had just been born. Zion was three months old. Great
1: point. When that happened. Literally a different... Yeah. World. Different
0: world. Practically different 20 years ago, which is really,
1: really hard to believe.
0: Really to be hard honest. to believe.
1: Yeah. Um, and by the that, way, that's what's all, sorry, that's I said it was a,
0: say. I said it was a health insurance checkup. It was a life insurance checkup. Oh, life I'm insurance. I'm just fact checking okay. yeah, myself. It was an
1: insurance. Wow. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Welcome <laughs> to our marriage of 24 years where <laughs> I get fact checked. But uh, I fact
0: check myself. Yeah.
1: You do, yeah. you do it to everybody. I can tell you that much. I, very it's, consistent. It's my love language. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So there I was, you know, one of my, uh, one of my long, longest standing mm. friends, uh, wedding and, and, uh, found out, um, you know, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna fight this cancer son. And, you know, I trust God and God's my healer. And, well, well dad, h- how much time do you have? You know what's mm-hmm. the doctor saying? Well, you know, it could be a year, could be 6 months. Um Yeah. So obviously that hit like a ton of bricks. I got through the day, um celebrated my friend and then
0: Does it feel so numb? Like do you even remember the day looking back?
1: Yeah, it was definitely like I oh, will figure something out. You know, mm-hmm. we'll figure something out and going to focus on my friend and and I don't even think I I told my friend at that point.
0: No, you're we weren't, um, we weren't allowed to tell anybody. Oh, that's right. At first. We weren't
1: telling anybody. Yeah, that's right. So Uh, fast forward though, my dad's life was extended some, some six years, which was really, really miraculous. Got a lot of treatments, a lot of, a lot of out of the box treatments that, that were really productive. And and ultimately I think my dad's positivity and faith was, was, was pretty sustaining. Um, obviously I think it was the grace of God and, and, uh, for those who know how Chelsea and I live and what we believe. So Um, You know, I was grateful for that. But but obviously, um, I think we were on a plane uh, to Vegas pretty quickly one Sunday. I actually we were having lunch with your parents and got the call. Uh, Dad had fallen that night. By that point, his body was was starting to pretty uh, just just he was showing the wear and tear of the cancer. And for anyone out there facing Mm. cancer, some forms of it really make you age almost overnight yeah. and that was happening his back was broken to multiple places and that night he had fallen and, and 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 really couldn't couldn't move and so mom got him to a hospital my sister he was living with my sister and brother-in-law in las vegas and and they got him to a, a hospital and it became pretty obvious that this was going to be the last few moments uh, i'm very grateful we were able to get on a plane very quickly get to vegas seattle to vegas isn't that long of yep. a flight and we were able to kind of say our goodbyes, um, for anyone who knows what that's like, you know, you, you're not sure they can hear kind of similar to when, you know, your dad was unresponsive, but you're talking to him by all accounts. I think in a lot of ways they can hear, Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, we were able to say goodbye and then, uh, kind of took him off the machines that were, were, were keeping him breathing and and seeing if he could breathe by himself and, and over process of several minutes. We were all there, a lot of family excited, family singing and yeah. and, and said goodbye. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, th- those are moments for anyone watching or listening who, you know, cancer, uh, which is the worst. I hate it mm-hmm. so much. Um, there are all kinds of cancers and they're just diabolical and evil and wicked. And, and uh, we hate cancer, pray against cancer, pray for people who are fighting it. Um, but if you've ever been touched by it, you know, you're in a way your life is not ever completely the same. And yeah. you see things differently. And a lot of horrific things happen during those chapters. But since then, um, you know, we are the couple that probably are pretty persuaded that God works things together for good. Um, not that everything is good, but he can make good out of really bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we've been able to savor life more um, see that life is a gift and it's precious every day and it's all we have. So I'm grateful to talk about the subject. We haven't in a long time. So it's a little bit unorthodox. It it is unusual. Our experiences because your dad, um, his diagnosis was as bleak as my dad's. Um, and yet he's made this miraculous recovery, which has been very special, obviously to us and miraculous. And in my dad's case, his life was extended, but then but then he passed.
0: You know what I think was amazing about your dad's life being extended. When I think about it, and, um, is I mean, your dad loved everything that he did. He loved being a dad. He loved golf. He loved pastoring the church. Loved being then a grandpa. Planned, oh, just was, about th- more than it's anything. It's just it's exactly what know? I was going to say. I was like, that's well, okay. More than anything else, he loved being a grandpa. I mean, yeah. when your sister had his old her his oldest grandson,
1: Benjamin Jesse. Benjamin, BJ, I yeah. mean.
0: It, it was like he came alive, which is probably why we're so excited to be grandparents. And BJ but,
1: was a cute baby, oh, now a gosh. handsome man, but
0: yes, he, a wonderful yeah. man. Yeah, um, but in those in that time that his life was extended, he did get to meet all of his grandkids. Yep. Grace was a year and a half when he passed, and she's the youngest. And I, I think, I just can sense the smile of God oh, on that, even yeah. though his body was just decaying. And I have such great memories of Elliot sitting in bed with your dad watching John Wayne movies.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Still loves those old Westerns uh, of his day. Yeah. And tonight is a, is a high school basketball game with Judah Elliott Wendell Smith. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he carries the name of my dad and, yeah. you know, my dad would be beside himself to see, Elliot playing high school basketball.
0: There's so many things in our life that I just think your dad would be absolutely freaking out right now. I
1: mean, he,
0: how does that make you feel?
1: I mean, I think certainly there's a level of sadness, but I think there's a level of significance, you know, not just sadness of like how significant, um, people are and each other are and family is and friends are and. Um, I don't know if we've talked about this we've we've lost friends in our life as much as we've made friends in our life mm-hmm. uh, you don't you don't arrive at 45 and kind of go whoa all right um you know sometimes at least for us in our early 20s it's like ah, I'll love the same friends forever and then you know you, you land at 45 and you go whoa friends come friends go uh, family goes and I mean more as like passing mm-hmm. you know and family is, is incredible and hopefully forever. But, you know, we we'll all be together. We, we believe in a new heaven and a new earth. And I guess this isn't a time to to talk about the afterlife and what we believe <laughs> about that. But but we find great comfort in, in what the book of Revelation reveals as a new heaven and a new earth and that we will be reunited and we will be together. And um, I have comforted someone this week along along those lines, for sure.
0: Yeah, I think of that verse in Corinthians that says, is it Corinthians? Um, this is as followers of Jesus who believe in a heaven, Yeah, that we grieve the loss of people, but it's not exactly the same. We don't grieve the same. It says we mm-hmm. don't grieve the same because we do have a hope of yeah, heaven. That's right. And it's, um, when my grandpa died, I remember heaven never really seemed that appealing to me. It was just, probably embarrassing to admit, but it's like yeah, all, all Yeah, you those...
1: your life in front of you. Yeah. You <laughs> yeah. But it.
0: all those times at youth camp when you were like really hungry and I just wanted to go on the beach walk with you so that maybe I could like, or on the beach walks, so maybe I yeah, could stand I next to you, walks. all the beach walks oh, at camp man. and you'd be standing there in like this chapel service at camp. The memory's so vivid. I'm just, one, the snack and the beach watch. And like, we're gonna sing another song. And if you don't like this, this is what heaven's gonna be like. You won't like heaven. we <laughs> like, like, can heaven
1: be the beach watch? Yeah, like, I'm really excited. Where I give you my sweatshirt?
0: <laughs> Penn State. Penn oh State. gosh, I felt so proud wearing that sweatshirt. Yeah. <laughs> it was so
1: fun. Still like Penn State today for that very reason. And they're simple and yet classic uniforms.
0: Oh, it's one of some of my favorite yeah. college football uniforms. No question. Anyway, we digress. Yes, we digress. When my grandpa died thinking, Actually, I am looking forward to heaven. I get to see my grandpa yeah. there, who I was really close with, and yeah. that was the first time I'd ever known somebody really close who was who had gone on to heaven. Speaking of heaven, my, yes. when my dad was out, I feel like I just dropped an eyelash. Oh, oh,
1: there we go. Yep, you did <laughs> because you did
0: because I did big <laughs> eyelashes. What are we gonna do? Um, when my dad was out of it, he doesn't you know, in those times. And he was really between life and death on, you know, he was being kept alive by machines, so to speak. He had really a heavenly encounter. Yeah. And, um, he said he felt like he was about to walk into heaven. He could sense the presence of Jesus. He could, he could just feel it and just wanting to go there. He said, it just felt like perfect peace. It just felt like the most amazing thing he could ever imagine. And like, he would say he was about to go in and all of a sudden he said he heard his family calling to him and he says he remembers me coming and touching his cheek and kissing him that's right which is crazy because he did. was so i did yeah. and he was so unresponsive and uh and he feels like and again this is his story not trying to make theological implications of it yeah, it's yeah. just his reality just and what his happened yeah. and um, that he felt like he had a choice, whether he could come back and be with his family or go into that peaceful place, um, which, you know, you s- I say that and then you realize that just brings up so many questions. Why so many Why questions. would my dad have had a chance and to choose between heaven and earth? And so right. many pe- other people don't. And, well, you so. know, for us, I've never seen anybody fight a diagnosis, a cancer or anything better than your dad. I mean, your dad was faith-filled, loving. When he was in pain, he was still kind and courteous and always wanted to make space for us and the grandkids and led the church well through it. I mean, he just was a hero. Your dad was always heroic in every sense of the way, but he was such a hero when he was fighting.
1: and I think our experience have, ha, has informed us, like, like, like all of our experiences do inform us. I mean, we, we, we have to at least acknowledge that. Now, do our experiences lead us? Um, mm. Maybe, hopefully not. Do they inform us? Of course. And I think one of the things that, that I have felt informed around in watching both dads um, fight uh, life-altering, uh, life-threatening disease is for instance, uh, prayer and the dynamic mm. of it and how it works and does it work and what's the point of it. And I think one of the, I, I have an error that I think I have seen in my own heart and seen in this journey. I don't know if I have what, I have what is the error. I don't know if I have what is the correction or what is mm. right. But one of the errors is believing that uh, certain ways you pray is what produces answered prayer. Because yep. ultimately that leads me down this sinister pathway that teaches me and informs me that if I pray mm-hmm. hard enough or, or, or long enough or or passionate enough or correct enough or accurate enough, um, my prayer will be answered. And I think what we've seen in the faithfulness of, of, of both of our dads, such noble and great men is that Hey, your your dad prayed faith-filled prayers. My dad fe- prayed faith-filled prayers, and yep. one is alive and, and one has passed on. And we and prayed
0: every day for every your dad day. to be healed. And yes, he's and healed. a lot of the
1: same people prayed. yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and yes, your dad is healed in heaven. Now he's in this beautiful body that's, right. that's not broken, but that's not what we were praying for. We were yeah. praying for him to be healed to be, here to be so be he could live life tonight to go yep. to his
1: grandson's basketball yep. game in high school. Yeah.
0: And God didn't answer our prayers he didn't. in that way.
1: He answered he, and he always answers, mm. um, but does he always answer the way we want him to? Um, my My answer to that is is no, and I, I don't know how um, comfortable the faith community is with that no. Um, I would contest anyone <laughs> who said God always answers prayer., uh, maybe God always responds to our prayer. Does he answer our prayers? Um, and I think when we say answered prayers, we mean fulfilled requests. Mm, and God yep, does not exactly. always fulfill our request; He does not. And that's something we have to trust him with. But to say that that's easy uh, for me is is quite frankly ridiculous.
0: Yeah. And that word you said is so powerful. And that is the word of trust. Yeah. I think so often prayers are faith in the sense of, hey, this is what we're believing for, this is what we're contending for, this is what we want to be done. But then in the end, there is just an element of simple trust. I know. Truly. So many people would say, well, you have to be careful what you pray for because what if God doesn't answer? And we prayed really without, for your dad, really without hesitation, without holding back. We were just, just prayed for it. And if you would have cautioned me what if he doesn't get healed? Like we wouldn't even allow ourselves to have yeah. that language in some yeah. ways. But after your dad passed, went to heaven, there was a simple trust mm. that I saw in you that was really um, I thought even better than the excitement of of faith that came to pass. Don't you
1: I mean, thank you for saying that. I, I feel the same in your direction. I I I find it to be quite presumptuous to assume that um, this life tells us everything we need to know about God. Mm. How could that possibly be? For then, is is He really God? So I, I, I think over a process of time, and I mean, bear with us, I guess we're just processing <laughs> one of the great cosmic questions in human history, and that is life and death and disease and prayer and the divine and providence and one dad lives and one dad dies. I mean, it's, it's we, we've talked with people who one baby lives and one baby dies. Uh, twins, uh, we've talked, to, I mean, you yeah, know, it's one, just,
0: one kid loves Jesus and the other kid, die, you know, like, yeah, there's so many. But, but believes
1: that, that if there is a God, he's maniacal and, and, and evil. And, yeah. and, and you can hardly blame, you know, anybody in the equation. But I, I just think that to, to make this life everything, mm. currently it's all we know, but that doesn't mean it's everything. Um, And I think as you have loved ones and friends and near and dear ones pass on, your mind starts to naturally wonder Mm -hmm. what is on the other side. And maybe what's on the other side, at least according to the ancient, most um, profound book ever existed in human history, which is really unequivocal and undeniable. It really is the sacred scriptures we call the Bible, um, the story of God. It, it tells us that there is a place that's forever, and that's not here. And I got to yep. tell you, I am thrilled this isn't forever because <laughs> um, this my neck we... hurts today, my back hurts today, and I don't, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I don't want to be in this neck pain forever. Like, you know, that's so My eyes are getting but... so
0: bad, like forty-five it, and my eyes, like my eyesight has. Well, we went on our twenty-fourth
1: oh uh, wedding anniversary <laughs> oh dinner, and we were at this, you know, moody, hip, cool Venice <laughs> restaurant, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know what you did. You haven't even told me. She took a photo <laughs> of the menu while I went for a walk because I had – Sciatica nerve she pain in my right leg. Nerve
0: pain, Judy. We are, what leg. are we,
1: 75 or 45? <laughs> and so I went for a walk because my, my leg was in so much pain, true story. And Chelsea, I came back later. It's like a couple days later and I'm looking a at days our, later. our oh, photos oh. on the cloud that oh, we share right. on our phone. You caught me. And I was like, what is this? And I zoomed in and it was a photo of the menu <laughs> because now I know on our 24th wedding anniversary, while I was gone, she photographed the menu so she could zoom in on it and see and actually make orders, which is yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I don't want this to be forever. Yeah, I don't our no. eyesight's going. Our, our my body, right leg can't feel it. All right, you know we're, we're doing better than that. But but the our point bodies is, are degenerating. Yeah, and this
0: world is painful and it's filled with calamity, and injustice, pain and injustice and, and,
1: and uh, horrific treatment of one another and wars mm. and pain and bombs and missiles and guns and it's uh, diseases and. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult here. And I, we want to make the most. I guess yep. this podcast is for people that are here, so <laughs> let's be careful. But I believe in forever. And I believe that there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And I believe the lion and the lamb, the scripture says will mm-hmm. lay down together, meaning that even the animals will be in harmony. I Maybe can't... they'll talk. That'd be fun.
0: Oh gosh, I hope so. I want yeah. to know what Louis's saying so yeah. bad. That'd be so funny. Do you
1: think we would like our pets less though if they talked? Like, yo, bro, can I get some food? <laughs> Whoa, man. <laughs> our, our,
0: our Elliot's definitely like, we do not want our dogs to die. <laughs> yeah, we won't like true. I'm like, you know, that's a that's a, that's I a, can't handle that's that a right fair now. ideal. I'm thinking about the prayer that Jesus instructed us to pray every day, you know, which wasn't yep. actually prayer but we believe a pattern for prayer yeah and he starts with our father who is in heaven and i just wonder if there's something that. to that that every day we are supposed to just have a perspective of heaven one way or the other doesn't need to be this weird thing but just to have a moment every day where we acknowledge there is a heaven there is an eternity yeah. there is a home and this isn't it
1: yeah because don't you think doesn't that read to you when Jesus prays, his disciples didn't go, Yo, what was that that you did for so long? That was kind of mesmerizing, considering he did all these miracles and they didn't ask the same thing, basically. Yeah. I mean, he made alcohol for crying out loud. They didn't you know? ask I mean, him the, how to do that. The disciples weren't really around then, but um, maybe they were. <laughs> but, but the point being, um, it is kind of wild that prayer was so astounding. that they said, Hey, how do you do that? And he, he basically says, Father, start by saying, Father, who is home. The father has a home and he wants all his kids home. Yeah. And I see in the Lord's Prayer, heaven reads to me more like home than this mm. celestial place where chubby babies in diapers pick harps. I think it's this. I don't know,
0: but chubby babies in diapers yeah. are so cute.
1: Oh, so cute. We want grandkids. So bad. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I hear Jesus saying, yeah, every time you talk to God, talk to him as a father who's home yeah. and we'll be there soon with him. Yeah. But in the meantime, communicate.
0: And that has given a lot of perspective. Oh man! With, I mean, the pain. changed my life. Yeah, it it really did, and it changed your everyday life. Not just your not just your relationship with God, not just how you hand, not just how you preach, but it really did change how you live your everyday life. Yep. I have to say too, I don't think I understood the level of pain that you were in when your dad passed away. I tried. I tried to read books. I tried, and I still don't. Um, yeah. You know, I lost my father in law, your dad, who I loved. I grew up calling him Uncle Wendell, you know, yeah. so I had yeah. my own version of loss. But um, when I had to say goodbye to my dad and I didn't know if I would see him again, I think for the first time I realized, wow, this is what Judah went through. And I just say that to say in life, in marriage, in relationships, when somebody's going through loss, they need a ton of grace, and as much grace as you think they need, they need more. More,
1: yeah. And grief is not that thing. Um, for instance, like if, if you were going to become a particular uh, tradesman, tradeswoman, if you were going to become sportsman, sportswoman, there's certain like you're going to be a dentist. Okay, there's a there's a process to that. Mm-hmm. Grief, as much as there are stages. Uh, they don't always go in order. They don't always have the same timeline. They don't always have the same trajectory. They don't always have the same feelings. Uh, some days get jumbled and mixed up and the order gets off. And, and And grief is by nature a very, very messy emotional state that humans find themselves in. And I, to this day, I mean, I had a meeting this morning before we turned on the cameras talking about a, a dear friend of mine that's in grief. And it is... Uh, it's really, really difficult to even when you're watching someone in grief or trying to serve someone mm. in grief or help someone in grief. Uh, you, you have to be uh, really open hearted and open handed, don't you?
0: Yeah, because you just never know what the day is going to bring. Never know. And you have to let that person walk through that. Because if my temptation for you was like, I just want you to feel we'll better us. so that I can feel better. Yeah. It's very selfish.
1: Um, I think well, we're I all know that, that feeling. Yeah.
0: Um, was that lonely for you, the fact that, I mean, your, your mom was going through a level of grief, your sister was going through, I mean, we all were, but did that feel lonely?
1: Yeah, it did. It did, and then it felt silly at the same time, lonely and silly, and what I mean, I remember one of the comments, I've said this before, but, uh, somebody on Instagram, which, you know, how relevant is that? Probably <laughs> not much, but uh, said, All right, Judah, we get it. It was probably a few months after my dad had died. And I probably, I forget what I posted. It's oh, on the I, internet. It was,
0: no, it was his birthday post. Oh, it would have been his been first year? birthday without him. God. No, it was, you know, July 15th, his birthday. And so this was like six months after he passed away. Oh, that's right. And it was just a post honoring your dad on what would have been. His
1: wrote a tribute, and how much I missed him every day. You know, there's that one comment out of you know tons that were mm-hmm. loving and caring. One comment's like, "We get it, bro. You're not the only one that's lost a dad. You know, move on, grow up, whatever." And it was like, "Oh gosh, yeah, you know, so, was mean, just so it. yeah, so so mean." And I'm sure that person's not that mean in real life, but it's easy to be mean, it,
0: right? Internet technology. Netflix, people crazy um,
1: things. But but that then you suddenly feel silly for feeling sad and lonely because you're like, "Oh my word, I." yeah, what is wrong with me? Like, people die every day. People mm-hmm. lose someone every day. I should feel better because I'm not the only one. And why do I feel lonely when I'm not the only one? Now I feel silly and I'm an idiot and this is dumb. And before you know it, you, you've you actually well and truly spiraled down another rabbit hole, which is equally painful, if not more painful, because you where you started was, I feel lonely, no one understands, I miss my dad, to, you know, that post... Spun me into another rabbit hole, mm. which was like, I feel so dumb for posting that and caring, and like, oh my word, everybody else is just going on with their life, and why can't I? And I got to get on with it, and um, you know, and and then well and truly, uh, which I love that statement. I really, think well and truly, well and truly, I've it's been good saying one. that a lot. I like yeah, that. It, it sounds I, I, very I, European. Yeah, to I,
0: I like well and truly much better than what's the saying? I don't like.
1: Oh, you don't. Having like- said that. Having said that, and you also don't like dirty Dirty little little secret, secret, yeah. But
0: well and truly, I like
1: you do. Well and truly, Uh I like it. Um, But I was down another another hole of, bro, get it together. You're an idiot. Oh my god, you're feeling this happens all the time. People are dying every day. There's wars. There's disease. There's loss. There's cancer. Parents, come on, bro. Like, just pull yourself out of this. You're
0: feeling guilt and shame for being in grief. That's
1: exactly what it was. Yeah. So that was that was hard, and I think people probably feel that a lot around loss
0: but i think the trust you had in god your perspective of heaven like it, it's it changed you yeah um it, but that's the goal right that circumstances of life do change us and they change our perspective of god and we're either going to get changed for so. the better or for the worse yeah. and i just
1: i just did so you love who feel you are. silly after you know you were on the doorstep literally actually by definition, the doorstep of hey, the last fifteen minutes, please say goodbye to your dad. It was COVID restricted, but nonetheless, it was a doctor saying, "You go, sister goes, mom goes, say goodbye." This is, you know, we're talking minutes, days, hours, whatever. Uh, and then he makes this incredible full recovery, <laughs> and you know, dad's back to being dad and his Robert Redford good looks, and you know, his witty comments and card playing and beating us at at three thirteen and. Do you feel kind of like, oh my word, why did I grieve so hard or no?
0: Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um, Because there are people out there who grieve really hard and then that person makes a recovery and you're like, oops, you know? Does that feel like an oops?
0: It didn't actually. That's good. And I think so much of it is because you never made it feel like an oops. Hmm. Like you supported me in that. So my dad was in the hospital for eight weeks. So my sister, so my mom, because they weren't at home. So she was here by herself so my sister and I took turns week on week off staying with her we didn't want her to be by herself yeah and you never complained never were selfish took the kids took up all the slack of all the stuff I was supposed to be doing and just really stepped up and actually oddly enough those are some of my favorite memories with my mom I think we're also raw and vulnerable and just you know you just laugh and cry yeah. um no so you never made me feel like I grieved or unnecessarily or emotionally. Boy,
1: this part of the conversation might be my favorite. Thank you for saying Um, that. Can I make a comment though from scripture? Yes, please. I do think one of the things that came to me in the process of of all of this, I suppose, is how we minimize people's pain because of the outcome. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, Uh, Jesus has some really close, um, call them like friends, but almost like family. It's Mary, Martha and Lazarus. It's two sisters and a little brother. And the story goes that Lazarus ends up dying. And that's where we get the littlest scripture in all of the Bible. Mm -hmm. Jesus wept. But what's weird about that scripture is that, you know, literally a verse or two later, Jesus actually raises Lazarus from the dead and he's no longer dead. He is well and truly alive (laughs) and So then you go, wait, well then why'd you cry? Why'd you waste Mm. time crying with Mary and Martha when you knew you were gonna fix the pain and the problem? And it occurred to me um, that because in that moment, the pain is not any less real because a miracle happens and the outcome changes and it's positive. But in that moment, there's pain and there's loss. And I, I see that on both sides of time and eternity. That in this place called time, though my dad is healthy and whole now, and so is your dad, mine's in eternity and yours is here for the time being, it's still painful. And and that grief period is is not a loss or a waste. It's a it's a time to um be honest about what we're feeling as human beings and, and be alive.
0: Yeah, you said something so profound that we minimize pain because of the outcome. Yeah. But I think we also tend to minimize pain of somebody else by comparing it to our pain. And, which is another
1: way of doing that.
0: Yeah, would, yeah, but you never did that to me. Can I just say you never said, well, at least you still have your dad in the hospital. My you, you just you you let my journey with my dad be my journey with my dad that was separate from yours with your dad, which is I probably haven't thought about it, which is really phenomenal and amazing that you did that. And Thank we you. see but we see that all over the world of oh, well this people are this people group are going through pain, but we can't help it. Be- and we just, we compare pain all day long and we minimize it based oh, on man. the outcome or based oh, on our man. personal experience and probably don't have time to get into that because I'd love to conclude in prayer. Um, can
1: I make one comment that? Of course, that? please. Because I, it's such a...
0: The joy of podcasting. People can stop listening. We can keep talking as long, <laughs> as, long as we, as as we want to talk.
1: Come on, some podcasts are three hours. Everybody <laughs> right. rocks. Um, I think... There are so many things that that are beyond you and me, and certainly beyond my research and study and capabilities, capacity, and 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 um, bandwidth. But pains on this planet that are unspeakable and beyond that, which I can really even wrap my head around. But but one of the worst, I suppose, is the comparing of pain, mm-hmm. and I think it is. Um, one of the things that is quite literally eating us alive from the inside out right now. It's destroying
0: Destroying. our humanity and our compassion and our empathy. And,
1: and I wonder if the culprit might be the incessant desire of the human being to belong. Mm. And so in an effort to belong, we've compared pain and chosen sides. And, um, God is near to the brokenhearted, but that doesn't mean that the father has chosen one child over the other. It just means that he is attentive to one child because one child, because all the people on the planet are the father's children. That when one child is more in pain than the other, as he perceives it, he's there. But by doing that, God, the father never intended to communicate to his children, that he prefers one over the other. yeah. And I, I sit here today in light of where the planet is. And to be honest, the data and information we we have and maybe shouldn't have mm-hmm. completely. And I am just going to go on record to say, I think one of the most painful things that I can see right now transpiring on this planet is the choosing of sides. And by doing that, and by comparing pain and making one pain worse than the other pain mm. we are dehumanizing one another and we are lessening the validity value and the eternal significance of each and every human being on this planet and i find it to be one of the most painful practices that um any of us participate even in a small way or a great way
0: and as we're thinking about our father who is in heaven at home yeah. That's just gotta break his heart. I mean, can you imagine if our kids did that to one of the other? If, I can't. if one kid fell down and broke his hand and the other kid just stood there and watched, like, well, yeah, but I broke my leg last week or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't, our kids have never broken a bone. Like, are you so out of your bad. mind? Are you like, literally out of your like, mind right now? I just right want that? you to go comfort you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, maybe we should have a pain episode. I don't know. This is heavy enough.
1: Yeah, we yeah. But even- I appreciate you saying that. I think the comparing of pain, you know, mm-hmm. I know we're, I'm repeating myself, but someone said that's effective communication. But mm-hmm. yeah, the, the comparing of pain is, uh, is, is is quite a thought, and I definitely think we we keep doing this podcast not just because we are disseminators of extraordinary data and information, or pretend ourselves to be experts of any kind. To be honest, um, but but we do hope that conversations spin off yeah. and that people sit and think and process. And we're, we're all guilty. Come on, we're all guilty. We compare pain all the time. Um, I do. I have friends who are like, man, I'm just hurting so bad. And you're like, oh my God, you have no idea. You know, and <laughs> right. your brain just goes there and you're like, yep. try raising three kids. You know, you're like, <laughs> uh-oh, I just did it. Yep. So we're all guilty. Uh, first, I'll be, you know, first in line to admit that we compare pain. And um, we're in some cases, we're actually killing each other as a result. It's mm-hmm. that real.
0: Will you pray for us with that in mind?
1: Yeah. Pray for me. Pray for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. God, we um, recognize that uh, we do our best down here to um, consider, converse, uh, commiserate. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we we don't have uh, a lot of answers, but we have you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what we know about you and how you have revealed yourself in the wonderful, perfect person of Jesus is that you are the answer. You are the antidote. You are the source. You are the strength. You are the provision that every person on this planet needs. And so I'm asking maybe this prayer is the best part of this episode in terms of we're just stopping Chelsea and I to acknowledge that, um, When it comes to loss and pain and the plight of humanity, we, we are unprepared and we lack knowledge and wisdom. So give it to us. Mm -hmm. Take us up on a rock that's higher than ourselves. Help us to see beyond even our pain, our experiences, our path, and help us to see as you see, feel as you feel, think as you think. I can't imagine how many people percentage wise are watching this episode who they themselves are facing a measure of loss and pain that is inexplicable and unlike they've ever experienced before. Be near now to Mm -hmm. your children all over the world. You said, and I remind you on this day that you are near to the brokenhearted. So do that, do that now, do that here. Do that today, do that this morning, do that tonight. Meet with your children. Show them how close you are, closer than their next breath. And then in fact, you are the father of us all. You have always been the father. You are the father and you'll always be the father. And you're consistent, constant, faithful, and true. And we can lean on you. That is comfort. And we thank you for that today. Comfort your children. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen.